Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Baseball and whatever, with your host, Justin McAwee. Because I was on campus and I had to appear like I was one of the cool kids, I would put the Star Wars book inside one of my textbooks so it looked like I was just studying for class. <laughs> All right, look, there's only one return, okay? And it ain't of the king, it's of the Jedi. Vincent Francis Jenkins of Ford. I'm a glorified fact checker. Last I checked, the most runs in the game wins. Actually, I am a fact checker. And Greg Probst! If you look at most Bond fans movie rankings, they have Casino Royale and Majesties in their top two. For me, these actually rank in the bottom part of my list. I mean, I love them, but they don't compare to Diamond Cross Forever. No, stop getting Bond wrong! Hello, everybody. It is Justin. Welcome back. Episode 69 of Baseball and Whatever. Uh, you can notice right now it's just me. You are stuck with me solo. Uh, Greg is out for a little bit longer, and Vinny is stuck working for the next few weeks. So for right now, uh, you're stuck with me for some... Uh, we'll talk about some White Sox. We'll talk some Cubs, some Bears, maybe even a little bit of Blackhawks. And then we are still going to have our whatever topic. We will have a special guest. Uh Kyle Sullivan of Locked On Sports Podcast from the Avalanche, uh, and welcome to Puckberg, or here in Puckberg, uh, great hockey podcast I was actually on a little while ago, a couple months ago. He's going to be joining us, we're going to be talking about our favorite hockey jerseys of all time, so uh, Greg and Vinny aren't here, so let the hockey talk uh, roll is my uh, my thoughts on that, but we got a lot to get to before we get to Kyle uh, coming on the show. So first of all, if this is your first time finding us, thank you so much. You can find us in a variety of ways, youtube.com slash baseball, whatever. You can text us at 1-913-808-3278. That number again is 1-913-808-FART. You can tweet us at baseball and what we are also on Instagram. Don't use that a ton, but that's at baseball and whatever. And you can email the show baseball and whatever at gmail.com. We're also in Twitch. If you'd like to check out twitch.tv slash baseball and whatever, you can also find our old broadcast there. Not this one, though, because I'll be honest, the thought of streaming myself live talking for about a half an hour, kind of intimidating. So we're not going to go that route. We're just going to record this one today. But anyway, we're also available on all your podcast apps of choice, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google, Anchor, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Overcast. I'm sure I'm missing some, but we'll get to that. Um, all right. So let's just dive into the show. Uh, if you're new to the show, 
pretty much. We do baseball and sports, primarily Chicago first half. And then we have our whatever segment. Like I said, this week we're talking top five favorite hockey jerseys of all time. But uh, yeah, no text this week. We did have a Facebook comment from my guy Sean on Facebook. Uh, If you remember last week, we talked best sports video games of all time. Sean wrote in and said that one of his favorites is NASCAR 2005. He was kind of worried that we didn't consider NASCAR a sport, but... Uh, I would. Those guys go through a lot to uh, deal with the G-forces that their bodies are up against. Same thing with like F1 racing, which I'm a huge fan of. So uh, yeah, we might as well just get right into the show. No hot takes this week. Kind of hard to do hot takes when you don't have somebody to respond to uh, you. But, uh, But what we do have is we have a sponsorship that we need to read. So here we go. Uh, we'd like to thank our partner in the clutch, uh, for joining us here on baseball and whatever in the clutch is an awesome sports apparel company that is known for their licensed MLB Negro league and MLS apparel, along with great shirts to rep your favorite retro hockey, baseball, and football teams. Even better head on over to in use promo code baseball and what, and you will get 10% off your order. So right now go to the website in the find a shirt you like, and at Check out, use promo code baseball and what all one word to get 10% off your order. So thanks again to the guys and gals over at baseball and whatever. I'm sorry for at in the clutch.com for providing us with that baseball, and whatever code. And, uh, I don't know. I'd say, let's get into the show. What do you guys say? Here comes some baseball talk. Baseball. Welcome back to major league baseball. Sort of taking a look at Chicago's two favorite teams and other happenings around the MLB. All right, White Sox fans, we need to have a talk. I don't know what is going on with your team. If you are listening to us for the first time, I'm the Cubs fan in the group. Vinny is a Cubs and White Sox fan. Obviously, he kind of gets some legitimacy there because he is living near Madison, Wisconsin. He's not in the heart of the city or near the suburbs like Greg and I are, so it's okay. Greg is the White Sox fan. Greg, this goes out to you. I am feeling your pain. I don't know what this team is doing. All right, if you guys remember, Tony the Brusa left the team for a little while, flew back to California, had to get a pacemaker installed in his chest. Um, so the White Sox had Miguel Cairo, the bench coach, take over, and they went on a tremendous run. They were 10-4 and four in the last week and a half or so since he's been gone, two weeks or so. Things were looking great. Um, one of the other crazy things is that when Miguel Cairo took over after the first loss, he, uh, he kind of had a come-to-Jesus moment with the team, which is something, if you're familiar, Tony Brusa, not that hands-on in terms of disciplining the team, kind of lets them do their own thing. Um, so Miguel Cairo came out, gave a speech, and one of the interesting things was that Liam Hendricks, their closer, came out and gave a little idea of what this was about. So here is a um, little snippet there. Um, pretty much... What he had to say was this. Upon taking over the Chicago White Sox, acting manager Roel McCallagh-Cairo delivered a fiery message to the clubhouse. He told us pretty much, if you don't want to be here, then get the F out, Liam Hendricks told Bob Nightingale of USA Today Sports. Uh, If you guys have listened to the show before, you know Vinny and I, and Greg for that matter too, we're not huge fans of Bob Nightingale. He gets a lot of things wrong, uh, just as many as he gets right. But uh, he reported this because various members of the Sox organization... um, kind of leaked that this little powwow went on and Hendricks came out right away and said, this is exactly what happened. This is what we talked about. So 
Hendricks went on to say there needs to be repercussions. There need to be some kind of risk of award. That was one thing that reverberated with some guys. Hendricks continued. So he gives this fiery speech. The team responds. They go on this 10 and 4 run. Uh, Unfortunately, they lost the last couple games. They won tonight. So if I'm not mistaken, they are still sitting at about four games out. So that could be a problem. Let's check the standings here. Yeah, they are actually sitting at three games out behind the Guardians. Um, Next week, they have a huge White Sox-Guardians series. So really, oh boy, they they are still in it. Uh, However, how? How? I have no idea. But they are, uh, which is crazy. The Twins are four and a half games back, so the Twins are starting to slide. I know Greg is probably thrilled at the fact that Rocco Baldelli and the Twins are kind of falling apart a little bit. I know Byron Buxton was out for a while. Talk about a guy that... Man, when he's healthy, he's good, and he's a White Sox killer, but he just cannot stay on the field. It's crazy. Um, yeah, I, man, if you're a White Sox fan, be sure to write into the show for next week. Let us know what you're thinking. For all we know, the White Sox could be in first by next week, or they could go on a losing streak and, you know, be damn near out of it. I want to say the last I saw their elimination number was 18. That's their magic number. So they're going to go, they're going to be in it for a while. How realistic it is is another thing. Um, the other crazy thing that happened this week is so obviously Tony, uh, goes out, gets his pacemaker put in, um, and and it's well documented on the show. We're not fans of him, uh, by any means, but, uh, you know, we also don't want to wish ill against somebody for that matter. Um, so yeah, so he goes away, gets this done, and now he's back in Chicago. He's been sitting in one of the luxury boxes. I'm assuming with Jerry Reinsdorf, who's his buddy, the reason he got hired in the first place. And they're kind of hanging out while Miguel Cairo does the brunt work, the legwork of uh, putting the lineups out and getting everything going. Um, but the interesting take on this is that no one knows what the hell's going on. Is he coming back? Is he not? There was a story this week that he was coming back next week. Then that was retracted because they said doctors hadn't cleared him yet. Uh, but I know he's been kind of spotted around Chicago, taking in restaurants and things like that. Uh, good to see he's not, uh, drinking and driving, which he is known to do occasionally. Um, but, uh, Ken Rosenthal of the athletic, great reporter, um, absolutely enjoy reading his work. And I, I really enjoyed his work on, uh, that would be FS1, I believe, when they do uh, when they do baseball games. Um, but he came out and wrote an open letter to Tony La Russa saying you need to step away. Now is not the time. The team does not need you. Uh, let me read you a little bit of that letter. This is from Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic. Maybe you conveyed the same thoughts, Tony, but maybe the same players needed to hear that message from a new voice. Not all. Certain veterans in particular function just fine no matter who the manager is. But Cairo is only 10 years removed from his playing days. He walks up and down the dugout talking to players, encouraging them. And though you speak fluent Spanish, at least one White Sox person believes that Cairo, a native Venezuelan, connects more naturally with the team's sizable contingent of Latin players. Other White Sox people think the team's rash of soft tissue injuries perhaps stemmed in part from the players' lax approach, not always running hard, then asking too much from their muscles in short bursts. Such analysis is purely anecdotal, but the inference was clear. A team takes on the personality of its manager, and you did not hold the players to high enough standards." That's pretty damning from a really well-reputable writer uh, in Ken Rosenthal. So, I don't know. I feel like the, the the walls are closing in on good old Tony. But, if you think about it, it's all up to Jerry Reinsdorf. Jerry Reinsdorf is the reason Tony's got this job. So, unless someone convinces Jerry that he's got to go or give him a better position in the front office, that he can just kind of cash a check, 
Tony will be back, whether it's this year or next year. He's got his contract for one more year. And realistically, uh, unless they win a World Series, I don't see Jerry letting Tony go. It's it's really, really tough to watch. As, a, as an outsider watching White Sox games, you know, I want them to do well for, for my friends that are White Sox fans. But damn, oh, is it painful to watch this up and down. It's, it's like open heart surgery, but you're awake during it. You know, you you know what you got to do and things aren't going well and then they are and then they're not and then they are and it's just bad, bad all around. So uh, write in, let us know what you think is going on with the White Sox. Uh, we would love, 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 love to hear what you have to say. I don't know. I really don't know what to make of this team. They are whew, a riddle wrapped in an enigma, wrapped in a quandary. That's all the fancy words I can think of at this point that mean the same thing. So, I don't know. Uh, Stay tuned. We'll see how it goes. But uh, that does it for your White Sox talk for right now. We are going to move on to the Cubs. Not much to say about the Cubs in particular. However, uh, they swept the Mets. The Mets uh, are choking, which is somebody who has a rough time watching the Mets because they drive me nuts. Their fan base in general, uh, meeting some of them in Wrigley Field's bleachers. It was great to see. The Cubs came in. They swept them at least three to four run leads in all the games. Um, and the Cubs, I believe, are about 30 games behind the Mets in the standings in general. So I can't even imagine the last time that's happened. It's been kind of crazy to see. A couple other things about the Cubs. Uh, Rafael Ortega is out for the season. Uh, had an injury out in center field. So Nelson Velasquez is going to get more playing time. I know the Cubs called up a older rookie, I believe he was 26 or 27, to kind of come in and fill in. He was kind of utility infielder, outfielder. But, uh, you know, let Nelson Velasquez play. Let's see what he's got. Um, obviously, we have other, you know, guys in the pipeline. Pete Crow Armstrong down the road, couple probably a couple of years away. Um, Brennan Davis and, and other guys. But let, let Nelson Velasquez play. He's kind of gotten a little bit of playing time here and there throughout the season as he's been competing with other outfielders. But uh, I'd like to see David Ross play. Let him play. The last thing I can tell you about the Cubs, like I said, this is very brief. The baseball season is starting to wrap up, um, so we're going to have less and less Cubs to talk about. But uh, the Cubs, per David Kaplan of ESPN 1000 Chicago and of NBC Sports Chicago, is linking Trey Turner and Carlos Rodon to the Cubs. So Trey Turner, if you're not familiar, shortstop with the LA Dodgers, going to be a free agent. Me, personally, I'm not a Dodgers fan. I actually dislike the Dodgers quite a bit, but... Uh, they're a winning franchise that reloads every season. I don't know why you would want to leave that organization for the Cubs who have gone through their second big rebuild in under a decade, but uh, we'll see what happens there. The only thing with Trey Turner is you have to figure out who are you going to move to third base or second base for that matter. Nico Horner is currently our shortstop. He's on the injured list right now, but phenomenal season, Uh, absolutely phenomenal season, doing a great job, kind of showing that he could be a player to build around uh, do you risk it and try and move him to third base? Do you move Trey Turner to third? That's something they'd have to talk about. If they were to give him big money, we will see. I like the idea of Trey Turner. I know Xander Bogarts is another shortstop that's out there. He's already said, though, he has no interest in moving to third. So you could probably cross him off the list unless you move Nico to second. But then Nick Madrigal, Nicky Bats, um, has been actually playing pretty good. Obviously, he's hurt again right now, but then you have no place for him. And what do you do with him? So... Uh, if you could bring in Trey Turner, move him to third, have Nico stay at short and magical at second. Heck, I'll even take wisdom at first again. Um, that's not a bad infield. And then you, you pick up somebody that maybe could be a decent outfielder. 
Aaron Judge, hello, I'm looking at you. Um, with Seiya in right, and then Christopher Morrell playing center. Whew, this uh, this rebuild would go pretty quick if that were the case. Plus, you have prospects coming up who could, emphasis on could, we've seen our share of prospects who have failed. Uh, Bobby Hill, Felix P.A., Corey Patterson, Eric Patterson, Brett Jackson, Josh Vitters, I'm looking in your direction. Um, you know, it's one of those things, prospects are great until they get here and they don't perform. Then what do you do? So yeah, David Kaplan... Another guy, similar to Bob Nightingale, doesn't always get his stories right, but uh, this would be a big one. We also know a couple weeks ago, Shohei Otani was possibly being linked to a trade with the Cubs. I would do that in a heartbeat. Um, There's potential. If you're a Cubs fan, the future is looking bright, despite what Tom Ricketts may do or say, or, you know, whatever that moron has to do. Um, He's saying the right things right now, saying they're going to spend. And the Jed Hoyer, the president of baseball ops, has the right to do whatever he needs to to make the team successful. So you got to hope he's telling the truth. And if he isn't, well, then we're screwed, right? All right, let's go around. Let's talk a little around the league. There's two stories I have here for you. First off, Aaron Judge, is he going to take down Roger Maris' record? I say that because I don't consider Barry Bonds' record the real one. I've kind of lightened my stance on steroid use in general in terms of putting them in the Hall of Fame. I just don't care anymore. But uh, that record, I think, is is Roger Maris' still. I do not consider it Sammy's or Mark McGuire's or Barry Bonds, for that matter, of when all three of them broke it uh, during the late 90s and early 2000s. But Aaron Judge, let's check and see how many home runs he has right now. He is currently at 57 home runs. Obviously, there's probably about two weeks left in the season. He only needs four home runs to get to 61, which is that magic number uh, Yankee Roger Maris had. Uh, the other thing I did not know, do you know Aaron Judge is 30? Holy cow. I thought he was still in his mid to late 20s. Where have I been? He's been playing since 2016. 2017 was his official rookie season. Wow, that went fast. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I would take him in a heartbeat if the Cubs wanted to, wanted to let him, uh, you know, check out right field. Uh, but then left, you'd have to put him in left field, and then you don't have Ian Happ anymore. Whew, it's going to get tough. It's going to get real tough. We'll see what they do. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about was the current MLB standings. Let's uh, let's take a look at those real quick, and we'll we'll discuss those. Um, first off, uh, baseball standings. Here we go. Sorry, I'm pulling them up on my computer. All right, so right now we look at the AL East. The Yankees are in first. Their traumatic slide is kind of, the, kind of uh, died down a little bit for them. Uh, Toronto was six and a half back, and... Tampa is seven and a half back, so those two teams will be fighting for the wild card. We'll get to that in a second. Like we talked about earlier with the White Sox, the Guardians are in first, White Sox are three back, and the Twins are four and a half back. In the AL West, Houston's pretty much got a commanding lead there. They're going to take the AL West. They already have 93 wins. Holy cow. Uh, If we jump over to the NL East, Mets in first. Obviously, that sweep that they suffered at the hands of the Cubs really hurt them. Atlanta's a game behind. So Atlanta's on their they're they're on their tails. They're breathing down their necks. Um NL Central, St. Louis is in first, and they pretty much have the division wrapped up. The Brewers are eight games back with a magic number of twelve, but uh Brewers fans, I don't know what to tell you. It's not looking good. Not looking good. Uh same thing with the Dodgers. The Dodgers have actually already clinched the NL West, and they wow, they are at ninety-eight wins. As much as I can't stand that team, they are one heck of a franchise. If we switch over to our wild card standings, Houston, obviously, Houston Yankees and Cleveland are the division leaders. Your three wild card teams with the new rules this year Seattle, 
Toronto and Tampa Bay, which is awesome to see. I, I, oh, I would love to see Scott Service and the Mariners make it. Great team, great story. It's nice to finally see them get their dues after suffering a, a pretty bitter defeat at the end of last season. Uh, Toronto's right there, and so is the Rays. Baltimore is hanging on, though. They are four and a half out, which is kind of crazy considering they traded Trey Mancini at the deadline. But uh, it makes you wonder what they're going to be like next year. They could be a really exciting up-and-coming franchise, uh, depending if the Jacobs family decides to spend, which uh, could go by, could go either way. All right, if we hop over to the NL, obviously, like we said, the Dodgers, Mets, and Cardinals are in the division lead with the Dodgers already clinching. Your NL wildcard teams are the Atlanta Braves, the Philly Philadelphia Phillies, and the San Diego Padres with the Brewers two games out. So they are hanging on. They are going to give San Diego a fight for their lives, so give them a run for their money. We will see what happens there. But there you have it for the baseball talk. Let's jump on to some football talk. Manures of the Midway. <laughs> where the guys talk the pile of horse crap that is the Chicago Bears. I mean, when you consider the other choices, manure is actually pretty refreshing. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, George. Thank you, George, and the rest of the crew over at Seinfeld for that drop. All right. Uh, so Bears 49ers, if you're not familiar, the Bears and 49ers played this last week. The Bears somehow, I don't know how, won 19 to 10. How the hell did that happen? You don't have to live with chronic pain. Downtown's Health can show you a better way. Joint pain, back pain, pain that sits and waits. Downtown's Health offers an alternative with physical and regenerative therapy. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Who, the Bears are not who we thought they were. I kind of figured maybe they'd give the 49ers a, a fight, but not not like this. Uh, it could be that the field was a complete mess. There was horrible flooding and rain in Chicago. It was raining all day out by where I live in the south suburbs. Uh, field had puddles and looked like a lake at points. First half, though, uh, 49ers were only able to score a touchdown. So I think that was the Bears' saving grace. Their defense really stepped up. Say what you will about the bogus hits principle that uh matt eberflus is preaching uh the defense is bought in anytime there's a loose ball they are running and jumping on it like crazy so it reminds me of when lovey smith used to coach the team so i am all in on this uh now um if we look over the box score the halftime adjustments that Eberflus made, whatever they were they're kind of being very coy about what they changed um was incredible bears came out touchdown Another touchdown, um, there were two field goal, I'm sorry, not field goals, uh, point after attempts that uh, Cairo Santos missed. I'm not going to hold it against him. Like I said, the field was awful. If you were watching, you also saw that our punter, who is the holder for the point after attempts and for the field goals, uh, brought out a beach towel to try and dry the field and was quickly given a penalty for that, and they lost their opportunity at a field goal. So I'm not going to hold those two missed PATs against him. Um, In terms of stats, Trey Lance, uh, 13 for 28, 164 yards and one interception. Didn't 
do a lot of running um, in terms of successful running, I should say. He had 13 carries for 50 yards. The Bears didn't do too bad there in holding him. Uh, Debo Samuel, one of my favorites, only had eight carries for 50 yards. Six and a half average, though, not too bad there. Uh, and then receiving their best their best receiver, Jennings, uh, had four receptions for 62 yards. So the Bears' defense didn't do half bad, which, again, I don't know how I feel about that. I'm not surprised. If we take a look over at Justin Fields' stats, he was 8 for 17, 121 yards. I want to say he had like 15 to 20 yards in the first half. It was not good. Not good. Uh, but he did come out with two touchdowns. Had one really, really bad-looking interception where it looked like he just threw into a pile of 49ers, but he recovered. Uh, in terms of rushing, though, now this could have been a combination of uh, game plan didn't go as according to plan, or it could just been the 49ers defense was on par, or the field was awful and they couldn't get any traction. David Montgomery, 17 carries, 26 yards only for a buck and a half uh, in terms of an average. That's not good for our leading rusher. Um that the Bears are going to rely on. Uh, but Khalil Herbert stepped up, nine carries, 45 yards, and Justin Fields uh, had 11 carries for 28 yards, two and a half yard average. Dante Pettis, uh, the longest field, uh, longest reception, one reception, 51 yards for the touchdown. Uh, great play. It was so incredible to see Justin Fields scramble, get out of the pocket, read where the receivers were. Instead of taking off right away, which he's definitely got the legs for, he found Pettis uh, across from him on the right side of the field and promptly got a touchdown, So, uh, which was really cool to see because apparently we learned this week from Justin Fields, I believe it was this week, uh, when Matt Nagy was the coach, they did not practice scramble drills at all, which sounds insane to me. So the fact that Eberflus has them practicing this just in case this happens uh, really makes you... Excited to see what the potential is that this team has thanks to a coach who maybe, maybe, maybe knows what he's doing. Fingers crossed. Um, Roquan Smith had seven tackles, half a sack. So good to see that holding out or holding in, depends what you want to call it, uh, did not hurt him too much. But overall, exciting game. Uh, We got the Packers and Bears coming up this Sunday night. Big game, nationally televised. Usually the Bears do horrible on those. Um, you know, the Chicago radio sports radio out here is trying to stay optimistic though, that, you know, the Packers did not look good. Aaron Rodgers is not happy with his receiving core. You can just kind of see in his body language, kind of blaming them, throwing them under the bus a little bit. Aaron Rodgers is kind of a strange dude to begin with. I'm not a fan of him at all. Um, but we'll see if the bears are going to get a win. This is the time the Packers are still gelling. It's still early. They're coming off a loss that they did. They did not look good against the Vikings. So, you know, the time is right. It's not a matter of who you play, but when you play and they are down right now, the Bears could very easily kick them while they're down and and squeak out a win if Justin Fields and the team is ready to go. So if they do, uh, and if you live in Chicago, look out because Bears fever is going to hit a a fever pitch. It's going to be bad. There's going to be a lot of excitement for this team and people are really going to start to jump on the bandwagon and get a little too big for their britches. They're going to get a little too excited than they probably should. But if they lose, um, you know, I won't be surprised. The Packers are still the Packers until someone dethrones them, whether that's the Bears or the Vikings, probably not going to be the Lions. But uh, we will see what happens. Um, The only other thing I wanted to say real quick was um, Brett Favre, still a douche. Uh, Not much else to say about that. If If you don't know the story, what broke this week... Um, it w- turned out that he was trying to orchestrate with the, I believe it was the governor of Mississippi, 
Yes, former Governor Phil Bryant of Mississippi was trying to orchestrate a deal so that the governor would allocate welfare funds for those that need it for welfare uh, and to give it to his daughter's college for a new volleyball stadium. at I believe it was at USM, which is, let me see here, I'm trying to find what college that actually is. Let's see, does not say. University of Southern Mississippi, I believe, is what it was. But the fact that he's trying to con out uh, people who need welfare just so his daughter can get a new volleyball stadium. Obviously, it's been well documented that uh, Brett Favre, kind of a douche, uh, sending uh, dick pics to women. Uh, Jen Sturger, in particular, I know she came out and she had a great uh, tweet thread, if you can find her on Twitter, uh, explaining what she's kind of gone through and what it's been like the last 10 years since that story broke. Highly recommend it. But uh, all in all, safe to say, Brett Favre, kind of a dick. Aaron Rodgers, kind of a weirdo. And uh, the Bears might have a chance to actually win. So on that note, let's go on to a brief, very brief uh, Blackhawks segment. Here we go. It would help if I could find the Blackhawks segment. Did I not load it? There it is. Used puck bags. Hey, shut up! You guys stink. I thought we came here to play hockey. You know, I knew I forgot something. Diving in on what's happening with the Chicago Blackhawks. All right, there you have it. So uh, the only Blackhawks story we have for you this week from baseball, whatever, is that the good old Hawks are going to retire... The one, the only, number 81, Marion Hostess jersey this this uh, fall in a game against the Pittsburgh Penguins, one of his former teams. Granted, not for very long. But uh, yeah, so one of the things we want to ask was, what were some of Hostess' best moments? If you're listening, you're a Hawks fan uh, or not. Maybe you're a Senators fan, a Penguins fan, a Red Wings fan, or a Thrashers fan. I don't think there's any Thrashers fans left in existence. But uh, if those are one of you, let us know. What's his best moment? For me, best moment for Hossa? Arguably, bar none, Game 4, um, first round of the 2010 Stanley Cup playoffs. Hawks, if they lose this game against Nashville, they're going to go down 3-1. to one. Uh, Hosa takes a five-minute boarding call with about 30 seconds left. Hawks are already down one. Kane comes out, magically scores to tie it up while the Hawks are down a man. Uh, they go into overtime. After overtime, Hosa comes out of the box. Brett Sopel throws it at the net, hits some traffic, and literally ends up right on Hosa's stick, and he puts it in to win the game and tie the series at two. And if you don't know, obviously the Preds fell to the Hawks. The Hawks then went on to beat the Canucks, the Sharks, and the Philadelphia Flyers for the 2010 Stanley Cup. So uh, love Hosa. Great guy by all accounts, which is nice. It's something you don't see often, I feel like, these days. it was a shame that he had to leave the team early because of his skin condition that he developed. Um, but an awesome dude. Can't wait to watch that game. And like I said, that game in the 2010 playoffs that I was at, that was the loudest and the most fun I've ever had at a Hawks game. Granted, I did not get to go to the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs in 2015 when they won at home. But uh, that was one of the best games I've ever been a part of and arguably the best uh, Marion Hossa memory I have. All right, that does it for the first half. I know that was kind of abbreviated, but I'll be honest, trying to talk to yourself for half an hour, kind of tough. So when we come back, we will have our whatever segment where we rank our top five hockey jerseys or hockey sweaters. If you're a, I don't know what, I'm not professional, a, well, you know what I mean. If If you're a purist, I guess you would say you'd call it a hockey sweater, but we will have that when we come back. So stick around. We'll see you in a little bit.
Alrighty, thank you guys. Welcome back to the second half. If you made it through that long 30-minute uh, diatribe of me talking about the White Sox, Cubs, Bears, and a little bit of Blackhawks news because Marion Hosa's jersey is getting retired. How cool is that? Uh, thank you for sticking around for the whatever segment. I am joined by the one, the only. Actually, no, no. Before I even tell you who he is, let me tell you some of his credentials. First of all, he is the host of Here in Puckburg, which is a phenomenal hockey podcast. Uh, he has guests on where they talk about their journey into hockey fandom and what they love about hockey. He was nice enough to have me be a guest on there a while back. Highly recommend checking out that episode, along with all the other ones. They're, they're a really good, fun, enjoyable listen. He is also the co-host, and this is so cool, of the Locked On Sports Avalanche podcast Um so cool getting to do a getting to do a hockey podcast. He is one, the only Shaggy Von Doom. Shaggy, thank you so much for coming on, man. What's going on, my friend? How have you been? Good, good, good to see you. Good to see you. I feel like it's been maybe like a month since we last talked. I want to say I was still on summer vacation, so I, that's, yeah. that's about how I I figure time out these days is when I'm working and not when I'm not. So yeah, this is like a little home and home series. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's there's not going to be any gruesome fights or fisticuffs, thankfully. You know, usually you get those when there's a home and home, but not today, not tonight. Um, so yeah, Shaggy was nice enough. I reached out to him. I said, you know, we do our whatever segments where we pick something, we rank it, we talk about it, we blab on and on about it. And to be honest, uh, Vinny and Greg are nice enough to let me talk hockey when the time comes, but they're not here. So we are doing a full hockey segment. We are ranking top five hockey jerseys or... If you're a purist and you want to say hockey sweater, I'm fine for that, too. I am here for that. I'm good with either one. So without further ado, let me cue the music and let's get this thing started. Here we go. Now it's time for whatever. 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 Whatever you want. Whatever I want. Whatever, dude. Irrelevant. Whatever, dude. All right, the one, the only, whatever segment. All right, so like we said, there there are no rules for this segment overall. It's pretty much just, what's your list? Why did you make it this way? And, uh, you know, what's the stories and the backgrounds that you want to go along with it? So, Shaggy, I'll let you, since you're the guest, start us off. Top five, number five hockey jersey of all time. And if you are watching on, on YouTube when this goes up, uh, he is surrounded by amazing a lot of Avalanche. I see a Nordiques jersey in there. I see the, is that the uh, retro, reverse retro Sackic? That, yes. Not, not going to lie. That's one I wouldn't mind adding to my collection. But I digress. What is your number five best hockey jersey of all time? It's not a cop out. It's not an easy pick. Okay. It's the current Avalanche jersey at number five, mind you. Good pick. Good pick. It's not just because I do an Avalanche show, it's not because I'm an Avalanche fan. That number five, and I picked this over, like the rest of the list, there's not another Avalanche jersey on here. Um, okay. This current Avalanche jersey, like, in hindsight, like, Justin, as we go over the rest of our list, like, nostalgia is a... Oh, uh, major nostalgia. And when you go back and look, like, you want to, as an Avalanche fan, you're like, oh, those 90s jerseys, like, oh, I just, that's why I fell in love, like me, that's where, that's where my fandom fell in love. Right. You go back and look at those like coho jerseys. You're like, what a dusty tarp! Like, what like thrift <laughs> store did they find this in? You're like, right. Those, you're right. They didn't fit. Like the numbers were huge. The font was terrible. This current like Avalanche jersey, the ones like over my shoulder. If you're watching yeah. on YouTube, like it's clean. It's that same attitude and feel that you had in the '90s, but it's clean. It's crisp. It's streamlined. Mm-hmm. It's 
it's the logo's position right the font the numbers everything is perfect and right. for an avalanche fan that's been an avalanche fan since the beginning this is what you want like i know we had like this one hanging right here this is what we had like in the 2013 on yes i remember those it, yeah the blue stripe it just didn't feel right no. this is a return to form and it's it's still got that what they refer to in avalanche jersey like file circles like that little peak is the supposed mountain, to be right? reminiscent kind of? of the mountain yep so they kept that it's not crazy it's not like 90s attitude it's it's just the perfect epitome of avalanche hockey in sweater form I think you nailed it. Okay, now I do have being being Mr. Avalanche and in, in, in my mind that's what you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have two questions for you. First question: What is your take? Uh, what shoulder patch do you prefer? We're gonna get really in the weeds here. Do you prefer the mm. Yeti foot or do you prefer the the Colorado Sea with the puck in the middle? I guess is what you'd call it, right? So yes, the I I am a staunch fan of the Yeti foot. Um, oh, good answer. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I love the Yeti foot. And honestly, like when the reverse retros are teased for like 2.0 coming up for this season, mm-hmm. like there's a there's a vocal minority that's like, just make it a Yeti foot jersey. Mm-hmm. Like, just yeah. throw it back to that because it hasn't been touched. Like, that's why everybody was kind of like marking out over. Oh, that's a wrestling term. But um, <laughs> yes, it they, is. <laughs> they were, they're there. Everybody was uh, kind of freaking out over the reverse retros because it was the first time the Avalanche acknowledged Quebec as yep. part of its like history. So everybody was very happy with that. And now it's OK. That was nice. Now let's talk about the Yeti foot. Right. So I would the Yeti foot thousand percent. I yeah, that is one. I I love that. I think you nailed it. I remember when they came out with their thirds in the was it the late nineties where it was just the mm. the burgundy, maroon, whatever. I'm I'm not I don't know what color it is technically. I'm sure if I don't know what, what you would call it, but when then they just had the Colorado diagonal, which were were very classy. I liked it was a kind of a historic look. But yeah, that Yeti foot is just screaming for a, a alternate or a reverse retro. That would be perfect for them. So yep. Uh, the, the only other avalanche, qu- uh, uniform question I have for you is, do you miss the black hockey shorts or hockey pants? Or do you like that? They finally tuned it up and they match now. When, uh, when we made this little swap to the blue buckets and like the blue shorts, it was weird. Um, mm-hmm. it was an adjustment. You're like, wow, we look like a bunch of blueberries. And the more the season goes on, it fell. I fell in love with it in ways I didn't know I would. Like mm-hmm. now going back and looking like two years ago and maybe even like back to the nineties and you see what the avalanche used to look like. You're like, that doesn't look right. And like, that's the history. Yeah. And you're like, okay, wow. That I didn't expect this reaction when you go back and you see black shorts and the black helmets and you're like, I'm not okay with that. I like how we look now yeah. because this looks good. And it's like not overbearing. Like even the blue gloves, like all yeah. of it ties in just right. It's cla- it's cla- you know it's classy and it's funny I, when they similar to you when they first changed it I was like oh that's not the avalanche I grew up yeah. watching but then the more I I thought about it I'm like it kind of reminds me of like the men's leagues I played in where everyone's got black hockey shorts because that's just what you buy because you don't yep. know what uniform or what jersey color you're going to have and it's like all right well for a pro team not to match and then you got the black gloves and the black helmet I'm like yeah I guess it doesn't really match and then I don't know. Something with their numbers. Once their numbers started to match up with the pants and the gloves, I was like, "Wow, that is a it, it's like a defining avalanche look yep. now, and it's timeless." It seems like, at least in my mind. So yeah, that's the it's on the back of that white one. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the numbers, how they look now, and the yeah. color, it's it's perfect touch. Yeah. 
All right. Well, going from a classic or modern classic as that is, uh, oh man, I don't. You you might just leave the the Streamyard call right now when I say my number five. This is one I've had my eye on on the NHL shop for quite a few times. Uh, it comes on sale every once in a while, and it's still at like ninety nine bucks. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's kind of steep for for one that I like, but I kind of like ironically, uh, and that is the Islanders Fisherman logo uniform jersey. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm I'm curious if it makes it feel any better. I like the the. I guess it would have been in the '90s. It would have been the home whites. Just I like that. It for me, it's more the color scheme. I love the orange and the greenish teal, and then the blue. And God, I love that logo. I know it's hideous, and it represents a horrible time in Islanders history with a complete crackpot owner that was kind of like a con artist. But man, seeing like Ziggy Palfrey run around in those goofy waved tipped sweaters at the bottom, oh, I love it. And and I'm I've been so close to pulling the trigger, but I just can't talk myself into it. My friend, let me tell you two <laughs> things. Um, I love that jersey. Mm. Li- absolutely awesome. love it to the point where it is actually number four on my list. No way! Wow. The and we'll we'll kind of just combine it here. That yeah, that Islanders fish stick logo. I found it um important on so many reasons. It was like the Islanders at the time. Everything was kind of like upside down when it came to management. Yeah, um, attendance, the team, and it was their way of trying to separate themselves from the Islanders that everybody knew. Right, and like. We're not we're not that. We gotta we gotta understand we're not that Islanders team anymore. It was a clean break, yeah. It was a clean break and to go in a way that's like how Vancouver kind of changed their logo to make a new yep. like era. Mm-hmm. It was the same way for the Islanders and to stand out in such a way that this jersey did not live a long time. No. But to be so impactful and every time an alternate or a reverse retro is rumored for the Islanders, this is what everyone, not even Islanders fans are screaming for because it's such a good, like the colors you don't see in sports. Like there's a lot of teams and a lot of sports and you don't see that Jersey color combo. Just that look it's iconic. You like, it's one of those, I, I like thinking of logos and jerseys. If you take the team name off, and I just put this up and say, "What sport is this?" If that's a that's a hockey jersey, you oh, know yeah. exactly what that is. You know that's exactly. a hockey logo, hockey jersey, hockey colors. They nailed it with that jersey, and I like that the dark one the most. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's it, it, and I I I'm a sucker for and I'm wearing a Mighty Ducks jersey and and obviously the Islanders too and even the Avalanche. I'm a sucker for anything that isn't just the stripes at the bottom. Mm-hmm. So you know having that as goofy as it is that to represent represent the waves on the coast of long island um absolutely love it i know gosh i can't remember what book it was that i read was it fish sticks i can't remember which one it was about the islanders and for the longest time the islanders fans really resented that logo because of what part of their their franchise history and how they they kind of fell apart once they brought that logo in and then you got mike milbury who i don't know about you but i i can't stand him for so many reasons he he Oh boy, uh, and he's synonymous with that logo. But I, you know, being from Chicago, I have nothing to do with New York. I've kind of divorced myself from that from that era. 
Um, and and I know I I'm sh- you've probably heard of this website. Ice, I believe it's Aesthetics. Uh, I, yes, Aesthetics. Yes, they uh they their YouTube channel they've been kind of building up, and I know they've talked about they had some potential leaks where this year's reverse retro was going to be the standard orange and navy or the orange and blue Islanders, mm-hmm. but with that fisherman logo. So. Not necessarily the color scheme I'd want, but the fact that they're embracing it, I'm all in. I'm super excited to see it come back. So, And, and you know, like everybody kind of looks at it foul because of the history at the time. Yeah. But you also got to put yourself in the grand scheme of things of like sports at the time. Like mm-hmm. if you changed your logo, it automatically changed your team. Like look at the Denver Broncos. They went oh, from yeah. the Orange Crush to the what you see now. And they were right. in the Super Bowl. Same mm-hmm. with the Baltimore Ravens, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, like the That's devil right. rays started to transition yeah. out of the, the devil rays. Like you started to see teams starting to streamline their look that if it was stale and if it wasn't hitting, you change it up a bit. Yeah. Um, and that was about the time. So it wasn't unheard of to do mm-hmm. like, I equate that logo and Jersey change to the Broncos a lot because, yeah. um, you don't have to live with chronic pain. Downtown's Health can show you a better way. Joint pain, back pain, pain that sits and waits. Downtown's Health offers an alternative with physical and regenerative therapy. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You're getting rid of like we're not that team anymore. We're going somewhere else. Of course, the it didn't pan out for the Islanders, but it, at the time, it made sense. Yeah, I I think that's a a fair way to put it. So, yeah, I mean that that is one. Uh, you know, I need to really get back on eBay and and cre- I haven't had an eBay account in years and just start scouring that because that is one. I I think you and I had talked on Twitter. I've I've gotten in the habit of. Uh, looking on like NHL.com or NHL.com, NHL shop or shop.nhl. Uh, and anytime like a player is traded and you can tell no one's going to buy that jersey anymore, it's like, oh, well, you know, it's not a bad looking jersey. And I don't really care about the player on the back because uh, whatever, you know, where as a kid had to be either blank or had to be somebody that I really liked, you know, I've yep. kind of changed my tune a little bit. All right. Um, I will jump to my number four since you you had that as your number four. This is one, and this is another one. Uh, I've been really contemplating picking up at some point. Um, there was a period of time in the mid 2010s where, even though I loved the logo and the jersey, I would not have bought it because they were a Hawk uh, Blackhawks major rival. Uh, there was even some hair pulling, I believe, of Duncan Keith at one point, and that is the uh, 90s flying skate jerseys from the Canucks. I love that black, yellow, and red combination. Uh, I am not a Canucks fan by any stretch of the imagination. For a while, I couldn't stand them. Um, But man, seeing like Trevor Linden in the 90s wearing that as a kid when I was first getting into hockey in... You know... um, Oh, God. I'm I'm having a complete brain cramp. Um, Oh, Pavel Bure. I mean, like, oh, that is Pavel Bure to me. In in Kirk yeah. McLean, in in Jeff Jeff Courtnall, Russ Courtnall. I always forget which one was on the Canucks, but 
Um, yeah, like I, I love that color combination. I know they've recently, I want to say, was it last year they brought them back as like an, a third alternate yes. maybe? Yes. So I, I, I mean, I know they're green and they're blue is kind of like their historic colors just from when they came into the league. Um, and I was never a huge fan of the stuff they wore in like the early 2000s, the red and the reddish and blue. Oh, yeah. With the, uh, the killer whale. Like, yeah. That's introduced that. Yeah. Was it, and that was because Orca Bay owned them, I think, or something like that. that or at least that's the story that I've read about. But, um, yeah, I would love to see that Flying Skate logo. And even if that didn't come back, bring that color scheme back. Put Johnny Canuck in that color <laughs> scheme, and I would I would have an absolute blast seeing it. So that's my number four for sure. Number three. And I, like, no, number four. <clears throat> yeah, number four. And that's, and that's another one of those jerseys that you think about. And, like, if you're looking – if this is your first time stepping into hockey – Mm-hmm. And you're looking at all these other jerseys, and then you see that Vancouver jersey. You're like, "What is this about? This that is, is so way different. different." Yeah, yeah. This is this is okay. So, like, everybody doesn't look the same, and you you get the same thing in baseball as well. Like when mm-hmm. you're looking at your jerseys, and like you see, like at the time, like when I bring up the Devil Rays again, like that jersey when they started, you're like, "Okay, this is completely different." I see yeah. this. I like this. Like the same thing with the. The net, at the time, the Florida Marlins when they launched, it wasn't yes, your typical. Yes. It wasn't your typical, like cookie cutter baseball jersey. Mm-hmm. Like fill in the template. Vancouver went for the same thing with that jersey, yeah. and it was very noticeable. And it stands out, and it's iconic. You look at it, and it, there's no, there's nothing on the jersey to signify where they belong. No the jersey signifies where they belong. Right. Exactly. So it's uh, and it, and, it, yeah it. Hmm. It it reminds me too, and, and this is just because I'm a you know I love my video games or my my older retro video games, but I still remember getting NHL '95 for Christmas one year, and it had the '94 Stanley Cup picture of, gosh, was it Messier? It was somebody sliding into Kirk McLean, and you can see that. I don't, or maybe yeah. it was Jeff Bukaboom. Yeah. I don't know who it was, but yeah, Rangers blue and red, and then the the flying skate jersey of the Canucks, and that is just like synonymous of like man, I love. I love hockey now, but like, holy cow, like I was all in back then. So, um, yeah, that is my number four, uh, with a bullet. Absolutely love that. Someday, maybe someday I'll come across one that's cheap enough and I'll, I'll pull the trigger on it. But, uh, there you go. Never sleep on eBay, my friend. There's no, no, I need to get going on that for sure. (laughs) All right. So we're down to your number three. What is your number three? We've been talking about history. Okay. This team has no history. Mm. At number three, top five jerseys all time, Seattle Kraken. Ooh, that is a good pick. That is it's, a really good pick. It takes a lot, especially coming off the heels of the Vegas Golden Knights coming into the league and mm. honestly, like setting the league on fire with like hype. And yeah, they had a good first season. Like, this is what you want to see. Like, you honestly at the time were like, that's a good logo. That's Vegas. All of this screens Vegas. Oh, yeah. And then Seattle comes around. And they have a, like, it was not a flashy draft. Mm-hmm. They did not have a flashy first season. But every time you see a highlight, you see the Kraken. Everybody, it doesn't matter where your fandom lies, everyone says, you know, that team, not that great. That's a good jersey. There's just good. something up that color, that that teal sea foam 
mm-hmm. on that dark navy with that tiny little red accent. Yes, it is. And like even the away, like the home and away, both look good. To where yeah. you're like looking at jerseys, like you pull up on NHL shop, like the crack, and you're like, I wonder yeah. if one of those jerseys are on sale. Like you have no reason to hate this team. No, they haven't bothered anybody. No. But you're like, I, <laughs> I want to get one of those jerseys, and it could be blank. It could be Brandon Tana because you love what he does with his picture. Yeah. Like, yeah. you have to have one of those. And I love that jersey so much. That is that is one. that That's a great pick. That is one I, I contemplated for a little bit. Um, that is one where I, I'm hmm, – I, I go back and forth on this because lately I haven't made it to many games lately because the Hawks, the tickets were getting crazy expensive when they were still good. But – for me, growing up, the white jerseys being at home, mm. kind of boring, <laughs> but it was nice because you got to see all the color when they would come into your building, right? Yep. The the white jerseys that the Kraken have, I might even like those a little bit more than the home ones just because there's something yep. about that seafoam green with the white that you wouldn't think that it would really make a difference because they're too close together. Um, but such a good look. And like, like you said, it's iconic for a team that's only played one season and isn't very good, unfortunately. Um, uh, yeah, like you said, there's, uh, you know, once they traded Mark Giordano to the Leafs, I was like, you know, I might need to see if they have any old stock of his, maybe I can find one for cheap if I wait long enough, you know? So that is a great pick. That is a, a really solid pick that, that is a place too, that I haven't been to short of some AHL games, obviously. And then I've been to a ton of black, way too many Blackhawks games to count, but, um, that is a stadium too that I would love to see. It it just yep. looks incredible. Like how, f- from what I can see, like you're kind of below level a little bit. You're kind of looking up, looking up at the street. If I'm not mistaken, it's just it's a, a different, unique vibe that not every stadium has. I think it's the same kind of vibe you get uh, Bush Stadium for the St. Louis Cardinals. Okay, uh, that same like walk in, you walk mm-hmm. down into the the uh, like the pantheon of right. hockey and. A lot of people don't know this, but like Seattle has a hockey history. It's yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I want to say 1910. That sounds about right. Seattle Metropolitans won the Stanley Cup when it was in a challenge format. It wasn't mm-hmm. so much a league championship, it was a challenge cup. So they have a Stanley Cup champion to their name in Seattle. Yeah. And uh, so, like, for them to knock it out of the park when it comes to a jersey and the their arena. They're doing it right, and it's one of those things I, I say it all the time on the podcast. Like the way they're putting things together and how they're drafting, five years from now, they're not going to be that lowly Seattle Kraken no. team. They're going to start breaking some hearts. And if you've never seen this jersey, watch a thirty-second clip and just watch the back of the jersey, like the yeah. numbers. It's 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 a weird like um, mall rats kind of optical illusion that you get. <laughs> like you watch the. Uh, the numbers, the seafoam and the Navy just kind of mm-hmm. in action on the ice. And with yeah. that ice in the background, you're going to be like, okay, I see what they're saying. That's a good look. In, in, and that is also, I mean, not obviously connecting to the Jersey, but that was a name when they announced the team name. I'm like, oh, come on. The crack, like the Kraken, like, okay, I guess. But you know, that the name itself. And I, and I think this is partially due to the jerseys. That name has grown on me just because of how unique and how you wouldn't think a simple S that looks like some type of sea creatures tentacle would resonate with a fan base. But like, holy cow, like some of the, some of the Kraken fans that I've talked to 
on Twitter and stuff that are relatively new to hockey and some that, you know, have followed the Canucks or one of the California teams that were nearby or down down the coast, I should say. Like they they love it. Like it yeah. it's something they totally embrace and it's like, all right, you know, good on them. That that's awesome. Good for them. So that is a great number three. Great number three. All right. Uh, I, I, I have gone back and forth. A lot of times when we do lists on this, uh, Vinny and I, especially, we try and take out the Homer in us, uh, in terms of what we choose, whether it's certain players or baseball caps and stuff like that. I could not do that for this because this is my team and we can dive into this in a second. So yeah, so my number three, I actually, I had to dig it out of my closet cause I haven't mm. worn it in a while. The classic red... Uh, speaking of coho, this is a coho uh, jersey. Hey, uh, I think I got this on eBay, like in high school or college. Anyway, uh, for those that are listening instead of watching, that is the red, technically home Blackhawks jersey. Um, you know, we we can dive into like logo talk, but like the just the red, the 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 way that the red stands out on the ice, and I love it's so silly, but like the alternating white and black stripes at the bottom. Yeah. I love and and that was one like when Dallas came out with their new uniform their new jerseys. I don't know why I keep I'm I'm in baseball mode. I keep saying uniforms. Yeah. <laughs> uh, their when when Dallas came out and showed their uh, when they when they made the switch back to the like the victory green. I was kind of upset a little bit that they had the black yeah. and white stripes at the bottom. Granted, not the same amount of stripes, but I was like, ah, come on, you're kind of ri- you know riffing on the Hawks. But uh, I. Man, those red, I, I feel like, especially in Chicago when the Hawks were good, which, oh boy, we are not right now, You any anytime you stepped outside, you saw someone wearing Blackhawks stuff. Like, it was insane how much it caught on. In terms of the logo, you know, I've gone back and forth, and I'm at the point now, like, yes, like, I have my, I have a Hawks jersey frame behind me that's signed. I have my Blackhawks thing over here, you know, I have Hawks coats, and not Hawks coats, I had a Hawks, I have Hawks t-shirts, I have so much Hawks crap. Yes, do I enjoy the logo? For sure. But I'm also not the person that it's representing, or I'm not from that group yeah. that it's representing. So I know there's been a lot of talk recently, you know, like uh, with with trying to kind of out with the old, in with the new, in terms of like all the allegations and, and, and um, you know, horrible things that have gone on in the organization. Yeah. Like, is now the time to change it? And, you know, everything I've read, there's there's two Native American or indigenous groups in Chicago. There's one group that is staunchly for it. They if they feel like it represents them positively. You know, the Hawks do, to their credit, do do a lot of stuff with the community um, in terms of indigenous peoples. But then there's also a group that is against it, and they view it just like, you know, people would view Chief Wahoo or, um, you know, the, the Tomahawk Chop or, you know, whatever. So I go back and forth. I mean, if, if they came out tomorrow and said, all right, we're changing it. I'm like, all right, you know, but I mean, if, if that red jersey with the white and black stripes, I think is what makes it iconic and makes it really pop. So I think as long as you keep that, I honestly think you're golden either way, but that's just me. So it's, you know, my, I have a love hate relationship with the Chicago Blackhawk. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we used to be rivals like in the 2010s, yeah. 2013. Yes. <clears throat> when you see that logo, and you see that jersey, you know, like, yeah. boom, that's that's hockey. Like, it's hockey. Oh, yeah. it's and it's one of those like you were talking about the logo um, changing it. It's one of those that you know how you can go like furniture shopping and they always have like that fake television in the fake entertainment yep. center with like fake football teams on there. <laughs> like if they had like if they had like 
fake hockey and it was just like white jersey against that red jersey yeah. with the stripes. You would know. You're like you that's a Blackhawks jersey. That's a Blackhawks jersey, yeah. They just took the logo off. Like right. it's got that it's it's that distinct. And it's mm-hmm. like not that much. It's no. not it's not like the fish stick waves and it's not like the the skate like it's simple but yeah. distinct. Yeah. And and I do love that it's red, white, and black, but then the logo itself has all these different intricate colors. You know, there's the green yes. and the the yellow and the orange, and I think that that plays a huge part too. But yeah, I, I out of all of them, classic red. You know, I loved the winter classics they wore for the Wrigley mm. Field game. I have I think one or two of those. Um, they've also had some really cool all black and all white jerseys for another outdoor game they've have they've played in too many i'll be honest i'll be the first to admit they've played in too many outdoor games they need to give other teams a chance but um yeah it's like you said it's classic and i think it's one of those things that even people that don't watch hockey that jersey and that you know sweater has been just so predominant in you know any i feel like any john candy movie he's always got yeah. a blackhawks jersey on like summer rental or or you know it, it's always there and Christmas, uh, yes. Christmas vacation. CM Punk had a Duncan Keith, the yeah. red. So uh, yeah, like, it's everywhere. He made that prominent. So yeah, so yeah, so that's my number three, the classic Blackhawks red jersey. Uh, holy cow, we are making our way on. All right, number two, what do you got for us? The same points you brought up for the Blackhawks jersey. You know what? This is this is not this is not locked on Avalanche. I could tell you guys this. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a secret New Jersey Devils fan. Mm-hmm. Their home red jersey mm. is number two on my list. It's simple, like it's you see it and you're like, okay, that's a that's a sports jersey, and then then the logo. Yes, I. It's one of the most perfect logos in yeah. sports just that new jersey with like the devil's pitchfork tail and the horns you look at it it's such a clean look like it's it's always in the background i have a flag even in my avalanche <laughs> show like it's just it's such a good look and it's you see it and it it's just you could kind of it just resonates like you could feel like this just this warmth and elation like you're just like i love this jersey it's the team's never been really that good or bad mm-hmm. or like they've had their ups and downs but you see that jersey you're like i know exactly where this goes i love this jersey I like i like what they do with the numbers now like jack hughes jersey i have one hanging on my wall like mm-hmm. you mentioned all these behind me i have jerseys all the way down this <laughs> wall right over here so i that new jersey devil's home jersey it gets me every time and it's number two easily mm-hmm. And I sure. doubt it'll ever fall off of that. That's a that's a great one. I'll, I'll be honest. I've kind of, for a very, uh, I guess I don't know if I'd call it a silly reason, but I've kind of taken a liking to the Devils lately. Um, funny story: when my daughter was born, we were sitting in the hospital, my wife and I, and she was nice enough to let me put the Hawks game on because she didn't care what was on at that point. Yeah. And they were playing the devils and they got their brains beat in. But you know, my daughter was born shortly thereafter. So I've like, I've kind of adopted the devils mm. in addition to, I follow way too many teams and, and I'm jumping on all these bandwagons, but like, I love the, the red, the home red that you said is great. Cause it, it, it's a classic, the logo. When you think of the name of the devil or the Jersey devil, like they could have gone in so many cartoonish, like yep. 
really goofy, especially like if they would have had a rebrand in the 90s, it would they could have jumped on like the Mighty Duck bandwagon and did something crazy. But it is so just reserved. And it's just like, all right, we're in New Jersey. Here's the N and J. Throw some devil horns up there and a tail. We're good. Let's go play. Like, I love that. And, and I am a sucker for uh, one of my honorable mentions. I love, I actually bought it because I like it. I love the green and red yes. scheme. Um, yes. Anytime they bring those back, I'm like, oh, man, should I? Like, I could see myself getting like a Ken Danico one. I don't know. Oh. Like, you know, something like that. But uh, that is that is an awesome, awesome pick. Uh, highly, highly agree with that one. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a, a simplistic des- simplistic design that stands out. Yes, and, and that takes like from a graphic design and marketing standpoint, that's a tall task. And for you to knock it out of the park in such a clean way, kudos to you. It perfect. And then you have you know you have Putty from uh, Seinfeld being the Devils fan. You know yep. we're the Devils. Devils. Can, yeah. The devils. I found a couple T-shirts. I think it was on Violent Gentlemen, uh, which formerly started by I think George Peros, if I'm not mistaken. They had yeah, a yeah your uh, Department of uh, Player Safety. Head. Yes. Yes. Which I feel yeah. Let's that that's a whole other podcast to get into that, but. Uh, yeah, I, I saw that they were selling David Putty Devils t-shirts, and I'm like, oh, man, we've really hit, like, like you know, everyone's cashing in on all this 90s nostalgia now. All right, so I had to bend down because it fell over. Um, this was this next jersey I have, uh, this was, like, one of my white whales. I've wanted this one since I was a kid. Um Never didn't never got it. It was never in stock because that was back in the day when you would get, like, the catalog in the mail and... I remember my like one Christmas, my mom was like, all right, give me a list of which jerseys you like, because I'm going to see I'm, you're getting one and that's it. You know, it, it that no, don't ask for more. Mm. And I remember like, I think the, this one had to be at the top, but I'm sure it was sold out because it was a popular jersey. Uh, and so anyway, came across it on uh, the NHL shop. It was a player who recently had been traded to the Carolina Hurricanes. Shout out to the Surge cast for if they are listening. Uh, and that is the San Jose Sharks. This is the Ooh. classic. This is actually a Brett Burns jersey. It was $40 because he got traded to Carolina. So, um, granted, it's the, what is, what, it's not, uh, not, not Reebok. I don't need Adidas. Is it Adidas that's doing yes. the jersey still? So it's the Adidas cut, which I'll be honest, I don't care at this point. I've wanted this jersey for a long time. Uh, love the logo. Even though the whole the, the stick on the the shark's mouth is kind of goofy looking, the way that the tape job is kind of strange. Um, but man, if something that screams '90s, anytime I see teal, and, and you, we kind of talked about that earlier with the Florida Marlins, like that's another one I loved. Yeah. Couldn't have cared less about the Florida Marlins. Um, but man, yeah, I wanted that jersey as a kid. Mm-hmm. So anyway, got this, picked this up, forty bucks. That was like I was so happy I found it for that price. But um, the logo. The teal, the gray, I'm looking at it to make sure I don't miss any, and the black and the white. Um, and that was something that, you know, they rebranded in, was it 06, 07, and they had, like, a little bit more orange, yeah. um, different shark logo. And it it was fine, but it lost something for me. And that could be, like, rose-tinted glasses because of nostalgia. Who knows? Um, but just today, yesterday, the, the, they broke that they are changing their jerseys again. Uh, and they are kind of going back to a 90s look, same shark, really no focus on orange whatsoever. I think the, 
what do they call it? The coat hanger effect, I think, is orange, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then they're they're going to have teal pants, too, which is not something they've had in the past. So And new stripes. Uh, new stripes, yeah. So New stripes on the base of the jersey. So, yeah, I'm, I, I love it. You know, I... I feel like in the winter, I will throw on a hockey jersey to stay warm in our Chicago winters, and uh, that is one I hope to wear quite often. So that is my number two, the 90s Teal Sharks jersey. You are going to force me to say something nice about the San Jose Sharks. Uh Shout out to another belly up uh, main event marks, Greg. Yes, um, one yes. half of the main event marks. He Greg is a huge Sharks fan, so nice. If you're watching Greg, go ahead and save this for the rest of your life because he wants me to say something <laughs> it's nice not about gonna the Sharks happen again. <laughs> um, that is one of the most incredible jerseys that has yes. hit the game of hockey. Um, it is such a good look. You look mm-hmm. at it, and it it's not just you don't just know the team, but you know the time. Yeah, like you feel you feel the time, you feel the era, you feel the league, you feel all of it in that jersey, and it's just so clean. Like the, it's one of those that if you try and go back and redesign that that Sharks logo, I don't think you could do it right. I think it's no. one of those that they put it out and they're like, oh, let's go with that, because yeah. if you try and modify it, it's not going to have that same no. effect. Like no. that was. Do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Lightning in a bottle. Everything about that jersey is perfect. Um, and for a team that's really never had a significant history, that team is known for the, the name and that logo, even yep. through its modifications. It yeah. still has that same heart, but it's all pointing back to that jersey you just pointed out. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's you know, I remember as a kid, um, you know, just I remember I would be like, that was one that I was real big into like, second first second grade like i would draw the logos out like i'm sure mm-hmm. many other kids and that was one it's like give me my box of crayons i need teal yep. gray white and black and i'm just gonna draw yep. this thing and you know arthur's uh arthur survey or arthur arthur survey i can never say his first name right but i remember him with the with the like yep. the pillow goalie pads you know jeff friesen in um owen nolan and in guys oh, like yeah that. like like I just it 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 uh it it just reminds me of a a simpler time a f- more fun time I don't know but yes. uh, yeah I think that's another one you see that color and you're like oh it's a sharks jersey right away and it's so and it's the it's the players you would always get when you would like go to Walmart and you would find hockey cards you're like oh yeah. wow hockey cards you open them up and it's like seven sharks and <laughs> it's all a jersey you're like okay whatever cool yeah 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 gosh I still. When we moved uh, a few years ago, we moved out here, I found my box of, like, I had, like, the 93, 94, like, upper deck box. Oh, my, going through those, that yeah. talk about a blast from the past. I could do a, do a whole show about that. But uh, we've made it to the number ones. So um, what is your I, – I can't even – I don't even know what your number one is at this point. It's It's coming back. 
this year. Okay. Okay. It has been gone for a very long time. Light years above number two, and that's New Jersey Devils. So that should tell mm-hmm. you something about this jersey. Okay. The black and red Buffalo Sabres. Oh yes. It's, Beautiful. It's it, it's like everything we talked about with San Jose. It takes me back to the days where I fell in love with hockey. Like I fell in love with the Avalanche. Yes, that's mm-hmm. like I fell in love with that first Cup run. Yes. Then it was that Sabres and Stars series. Oh, the foot in the crease. <laughs> watching that series in my room as a child, finding the game on rabbit ear television, mm-hmm. tin foil on the end of the antenna to make sure I got this game. Sitting there in just the right position, writing kind of like markers on the wall where I get the clearest picture where I'm watching this game. Seeing Pat LaFontaine. Dominic Hasek, like, you saw it, and, like, it was a jersey that envisioned the team's attitude. Yeah. Like, it was, like, it was that rolling thunder kind of, like, brawly, just physicality. And then you had, like, this pomp and circumstance Dallas Stars team with, like, the jerseys that also replicated their attitude. Yeah. It was just romance in hockey form. Yeah, it was a clash that, of icons. And that that Buffalo Sabres, like of all the jersey combos, reverse retros, stadium series, winter classics, every jersey that's ever been put out, nothing can hold a candle to the Buffalo Sabres red and black jersey, which is coming back, thankfully, this season. And it'll give me a reason to watch Buffalo Sabres hockey. Yeah, yeah, because there's there's not many other reasons besides that, unfortunately, which is so sad. They're such a such a passionate fan base has just been dumped on year after year. Yep. You know, I thought when the Pakulas took over, I'm like, Oh, you know, they're loaded. They're, they're going to spend a lot of money. And, and I feel like they may have, but it's just not allocated in the right way. I don't, I don't know how you get that franchise out of the dumps, but um, that is a great pick. It's, it's funny you bring them up. I remember the Buffalo Sabres were a team that like NHL 94, I would always play them because Pat LaFontaine was a beast. Yeah. Um, and I want to say that would have been 94, maybe Grant Fuhr was still, still their goalie. I don't know. I'm, it, this is going back too far. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's too late at night for me to, to do the math on this one. <laughs> but I, I don't I don't think Hashik was there yet. Or maybe he was. I could be wrong. But um, he might have been there. The Hawks might have traded him. Which yeah, that's the, I think it point. was 95, I think, was the Hawks got rid of him. And they dumped him? Okay. For uh, when they, yeah, they, they kept Belfour and they let, they let him go. I don't know if that was the right. I don't know. Can go back and both Hall of Famers. And the Eagle wasn't too bad. No, he did have. Oh man, oh classic goalie, classic. But anyway, I, I remember that that blue and gold or blue and yellow. Like I loved that as a kid, and yeah. they made that switch. And I remember that was like one of the first times. Like they, you know, a team I watched changed their jersey, their logo, and like I was kind of mad, but because I always got really excited when there was going to be a change. Yeah. Like I always found that really fascinating. And I was like, red and black. Red and black, like they were blue and gold, you know. I, and I got all bent out of shape as like a first grader, and but now as an adult, and it's got to be like this nostalgia thing because that was like such '90s at that point. Like I saw that release that they were going to bring those back, and and same thing as you. I'm like, oh man, am I going to have to try and find one of these like on the cheap? Yeah. You know, like and and I'll be honest, like the red alternate they had later, where it was the actual sabers that said Buffalo underneath, didn't go for that at all. Nope. But the 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 goat head or whatever you want to buffalo, I guess technically a buffalo. I don't know, but they I know it's referred to as the goat head. But um, 
so good. And I think, if anything, I think it, it looks even better now when you see what followed it when they brought the Buffa Slug in. Yeah. Because that was a train wreck. Like, those I, those jerseys in general were hideous. I don't understand them to this day. They look like Kraft Mac and Cheese with a Buffa yes. Slug on it. Yeah, and, and that also brought back the wave of, like, the jer- the numbers on the front, which mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of. That's just no. me. But, um, no. yeah, that 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 black and then the red and silver, red and gray, whatever you have on the bottom that, you know, kind of like that V. Um, oh, great, great, great pick. Great pick. All right. My number one, um, uh, I it's probably obvious because I've been wearing it this whole time. That is the mm. Eggplant and Jade, the Mighty Ducks themselves. Um, I am not even a Mighty, uh, or Mighty Duck. I'm not a Ducks fan. I don't really like the Anaheim Ducks. They always were kind of... The, this bruising physical team, which I used to joke with my dad, like he he always was like the like the grinded out the Flyers in the, yeah. the Ducks, especially you know when they would beat up on the Hawks. He's like that's what that's how they need to play. And truth be told, the you know the the 2015 playoffs, yeah, when they played the Ducks, that was the mantra. Like oh well, we're gonna just beat you into submission, and then the Hawks were like, well, you can't hit what you can't catch, and that's kind of what won exactly. out. So, um, but the Mighty Ducks, you know, Paul Korea. Uh, Jagir, J.S. Jagir, um, you know, to me like that is California hockey, which I've never even been to California, but like, I love those two colors. You don't see eggplant and Jade really in anything. I would love for the current ducks to go back to that. Thank God they brought back the, you know, the, the, um, wild wing head. Cause I, I, I couldn't stand that webbed D logo that just drove me nuts. Or even before that, when it was just the word ducks, um, across the chest, but, uh, you know, the Mighty Ducks movies, and then, you know, they actually wore those jerseys in the second movie, and it just, like, to me, that was hockey as a kid, like, totally wanted one so bad as a kid, I could never find one, they were always sold out, and then finally, you know, they've, uh, I think the NHL shop had them, and or it might have been in, like, ho- might have been, like, Hockey Monkey or Hockey Giant had them on sale, yeah. and I'm like, alright, I have to, I have to buy this no matter what, like, this is my childhood full stop, you know, so that is my number one uh, locked in for sure is that Mighty Ducks home jersey now. There, <clears throat> it literally should be the number one jersey when it comes to just hockey, period. There is mm-hmm. not one negative you can make about the jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to hockey fandom, everybody relates to that jersey if yeah. you've seen the movie. If you've never watched a game of hockey in your life, you've seen the Mighty you Ducks You still know movie. what it is, yeah. Yeah. And to say this logo was designed by Disney. Yeah. That has I mean, you're already you already have an advantage there. And right. it's such a good look. And we talked about like with the fish stick logo, um, if you take the name off the jersey, you know exactly what sport you're watching. Yep. Like same thing with the ducks. You look yeah. at that, you're like, Oh, that's a hockey jersey. Yeah. Uh the accents on the sleeves. Mm-hmm. Um like you talk about the eggplant. Like the the white jersey looked great. Yes, it did. I've tried to hunt one of those down myself too. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, right there. <laughs> I have one literally right there. I I came this close to wearing it. Nice. Um, How funny would that have been? The two two guys on the podcast both wearing the same jersey, pretty much. Yeah. Like I had it on, and I was like, I'm just gonna put on my Mighty Ducks shirt. But yeah, that would have been that would have been crazy. But too no, funny. I do. I I found that ironically enough in a thrift store in Birmingham, Alabama. Wow. 
paid five ninety eight. I can't even imagine the journey that that thing had to get there. Like I, it, I crazy. I'm sure. Yeah, but yeah, like it's it's oh, it's such a, it's so good. And you know, when you think about it, like okay, first of all, it's it's Disney created, which like I remember reading that you know originally the Disney executives wanted all the players to have the word mighty on the back of their jersey, so yeah. it would have been like mighty Korea, like. The deck is so stacked against this team and this organization because, Grant, you know, I I don't know, I can't say for sure. I'm assuming Disney was thinking of this as a cash in when they when they or when they bought the franchise, made the movies, and you know all that. You know, you have that against them, and then you think about the logo, and it's like, all right, well, take like a Jason style hockey mask, but give it a curved bill because ducks have curved bills, and uh, I don't know, stick some sticks behind it and call it a day. And when you say that, you're like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And then you put it on a jersey with that color scheme and our obviously similar age, like people from our childhood age. Like you said, that that is hockey. That is you might not have ever been to a hockey rink. You might not even ever put skates on. But like you see that you're like, oh, yeah, I think that was a Disney movie. Oh, yeah, that that's pretty cool. Yeah, I got you. You know what I mean? So I have the McDonald's toys of the animated <laughs> Mighty Ducks. So do I. Series. <laughs> I have them all. I have one still in the bag. Yeah. But so cool. All, like it's if you're in our age range and you like yeah. hockey, this logo meant everything to you. Everything. You were talking about drawing the sharks logo. Oh, I drew that this one all the, the time. Lo- I drew it all I could draw a curved bill of a duck okay, that's, looking sideways. That's way seat. better. Mine was like a circle with two eye holes and a triangle for a beak. So you oh. got me beat there. So um do you have uh bef- my co-host Vinny wrote in. He said uh, the Blackhawks, the Mighty Ducks, District Five green jersey. So he's going outside the NHL. Mighty Ducks Team USA. I almost bought one of those. <clears throat> um, there is a store, uh, a website, BringHockeyBack.net, yes. that I order a bunch of. I have way too many of their T-shirts, um, and they sell the Team USA Hendricks jersey. They sell like the uh, Trinidad and Tobago jersey, which yes, I've also I thought about buying. That. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, but if I ever wear that to like a men's league or rat hockey, like if there's people my age, they're going to get it. But if it's all a bunch of people in their 50s or f- early 60s, they're going to laugh me out of the rink. So I kind of held off on that. Uh, he also says uh, Mighty Ducks Team USA obviously is a classic we just talked about. And then he also brought up the Milwaukee Admirals of the AHL, which I will admit they do for the AHL. They have a good look. I love their color scheme. It's um, I used to run teams on NHL. Um, EA Sports, the online league. Yep. That was the team logo we had for a long time. It's a great look. It's great it's look. a very, and like, it's one of those that if it was NHL, no one would bat an eye. It would be probably in a lot of our top lists. Yeah. And and I believe, if, if I'm not mistaken, were they the ones that had, like, a gray, a gray jersey for a while? I remember their dark navy one. Okay, maybe that's what a, I'm thinking of. I it was like dark navy and then that tar heel blue and like a silver. Okay. Yeah, like that and that that color, like anytime you use a color or a color scheme that not many other teams use and you can use it mm-hmm. well, man, that makes such a difference. Um, all right, before we wrap up, are there any other like honorable mentions you want to shout out, or are those five pretty much <clears> all encompassing <throat> for you? I I have this soft spot in my heart from that weird phase that the NHL went into in the nineties where everything had to be weird and extreme. Okay. Like the LA Kings, like Burger King. Yep. Like the lightning having like flames on their sleeve at one point, like those weird 
out of the box jerseys. I love those. It's a good. That's a good call. Um, couple that came to mind for me, uh, like I talked about, the Avs uh, current alternate. I love with the Colorado flag. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Denver is a place in general. I got to go there once uh, in 2019. We went on a vacation there. I would move there in a heartbeat. I I loved it out there so much. Um, love would love to go see a game. At, I know it's not the Pepsi Center anymore. Is it the Ball Center? Ball Arena. Ball Arena. Okay, I was close. Um, also, the 90s Avs alternate we talked about. Another one of my mm-hmm. favorites. The other one. Um, I am kind of a closet Kings fan, and I love uh. The the Kings jersey from the '90s, the black and silver, I I love. But in terms of like a good jersey, it's not the best. It's kind of bland. But I love when they made the switch to the early 2000s and they had the uh, the purple or their their forum blue with the crest, uh, with the like the lion and the crown and whatever else they had on there. That really grew on me at the time. I hated it, and then nowadays I'm like, oh, I was just watching a game the other day. It was like the 2001 playoffs, maybe against Detroit, uh, while I was running on the treadmill, and I'm like. Oh, they, they kind of knew what they were doing with these. I That jersey kind of made me mad at the time because I was like, why not just call yourself the Sacramento Kings? Yeah, that, you're you're right. It's pretty, I was just like... Just drive up the highway. You're pretty much there, right? Like, um, just swap it up. But I do remember that jersey well. Yeah. Yeah. The, the last three I have, these are all bangers from the 90s. Uh, the Rangers Lady Liberty jersey classic love that they brought it back for that reverse retro uh the winnipeg winnipeg jets mid 90s before they moved their white jerseys i just think of timu solani throwing his glove up in the air and we had a guy do that in men's league once i wanted to oh he drove me nuts but anyway i digress um and then lastly uh you know there's a lot of whalers love in general but i am a sucker for the 90s whalers where they added the dark navy blue Oh yeah, um, I really like that navy blue with the green, uh, Kelly green or whatever shade green, and then the gray on the bottom. Um, also been eyeing those, but they only ever sell the green ones from like the '80s and '70s. I, I have never found a '90s one yet, so I'll have to be on the lookout for one of those. VintageIceHockey.com. All right, I will check that out after this podcast. Um, all right. Well, first of all, Shaggy, thank you so much. <clears throat> I know we ran a little long. I apologize for that. Um, but before we go, do you want to tell the people where they can find all your stuff? You are, I don't know how you have time. You are a busy, busy man. You are doing it everywhere. So tell us where we can find your stuff. You can find me. Nope. Take your time. (laughs) As I'm losing my voice because I've been doing this all day. Um, Right. You can find me on locked on avalanche on Twitter. That's, um, locked. Hello underscore avalanche. You can find us. Um, you can find here in Puckburg. That's my little indie project. It's uh, mm-hmm. we're on a network, but it's like it's on a one man show over there. Sure. It's uh, H Puckburg on Twitter. Here underscore in underscore Puckburg on Instagram or on YouTube. Um, those are the two places you can find me. You can find my personal social handle at Shaggy Von Doom everywhere you look. And that's a full house reference. So. Awesome. I love it. Awesome. I absolutely love it. All right. Well, uh, again, thank you so much. Uh, this has been a blast. It's always good to talk hockey. I appreciate it a ton. Uh, for us at Baseball and Whatever, if you'd like to reach into the show and tell us why we are amazingly correct on all these picks or why we are horribly wrong, I don't know why you would say that, but you could. Uh, feel free to write into the show at on Twitter at Baseball and What. You can find us on YouTube at Baseball and Whatever. 
um, by searching youtube.com slash baseball whatever. Sorry, it's been a long day. Uh, and you can email the show, baseball whatever at gmail.com. And lastly, feel free to text us 1-913-808-3278. That number again is 1-913-808-FART. Uh, Shaggy, thank you so much. We will be back more um, next week. We'll have more shenanigans, more baseball. We'll see if the White Sox are going to blow it. Who knows? Dear God, I hope the Bears beat the Packers. But until next time, uh, thanks, everybody, and have a great night. Take care, everybody.